Welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are three guys who take big pieces of wood and make them smaller. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. It's Wood Talk number 325 for September 19th, 2016. On today's show, we're talking about when a finish is truly safe, hiring a sawyer, and darn it, Shannon, you didn't put your question in there. Because <laughs> I'm just now getting into the dang notes. <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll figure out what Shannon's talking about later. Uh, but before we get to all that, let's thank our sponsor, Bruso Hardware. You can check them out at bruso.com. And, of course, we'd like to thank our generous donors, uh, Devin Langham, Christopher Mann, and we've got some folks here over on Patreon. I promise none of these are funny names like last time. <laughs> <laughs> got me. Uh, Scott Barron, Roger Dolan, John Stevens, Clement Brizard, Aaron Olson, and St. Nixter. Thank you, guys. And if you want to help out in that way, too, you can. Just go to uh, patreon.com slash woodtalk, and all the details are there. And we encourage you to do that because not only does it help us, but it helps us bring more stuff to you, more content to you. And, man, uh, once we get to that $1,000 level, the content's going to be out of control, and it's going to be a lot of work, but it'll be fun. Awesome. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and 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 if you sign up as that four dollar level, you're going to get the email extra show that comes every week. And uh, here's the cool thing: they actually now have feeds, which is something that they haven't had for a while. So if you subscribe in a podcatcher of some sort, uh, Podcast Addict or uh, iTunes or whatever the case is, uh, you can actually plug this feed in and get the extra content, just like you get the regular show, just in a different feed. So it comes to you instead of you having to go seek it out, and that's kind of a big deal, at least for me, because I hate having to go places to listen to stuff i want it all to come to me <laughs> so interesting stuff going on today you might notice a different uh, slightly different sound uh if you have really good ears but we are in a hotel room uh there are clothes on uh, which i insisted uh, it was going to be a naked party but we decided I not. promise a naked party <laughs> i'm very I'm, disappointed i'm here for the naked pie and punch <laughs> So, yes, we are actually under the table. (laughs) No, we aren't. Uh, So, yeah, we're actually in a hotel. And I guess last time we did this was a couple of years ago with me, Shannon and uh, Matt V. And we were recording on location at Woodworking in America. And today was the first day of the show. And uh, we're all very tired voice wise. Now, I didn't even present, but I'll tell you guys, (laughs) I spent 90 percent of my day on the marketplace floor talking the entire time. Nice. Yeah. I just finished presenting have yet to be on the marketplace floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to get around out there. There's a lot of great people down there and uh, good people to meet. So um, we are doing things on location. We're not going to talk too much about the show, but we will take the what's on the bench segment and what's new segment and kind of focus on just show related talk because it was a lot of fun if you haven't uh, been here before, but we don't want to make it not fun for people who weren't there. Maybe <laughs> just let you let you know a little bit of what you missed. Uh, but the experience is always great. I, I always enjoy woodworking in America. So I'm curious, you guys, first time presenters at WIA. Uh, Shannon, did you love it? I did. I had a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> Good. You know, there, there's some nerves, I guess, coming into it. Mainly, like, how do I fill two hours? Yeah, that's a long you, time. you get into it and you're like, oh, that's how I fill two hours. <laughs> like, wow, there's just... And I mean, par- I guess part of it is choose a subject. I mean, when you choose a subject like hand saws... Yeah. Yeah, I could wax philosophic on that for a while. You do it on the show all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's I when I take my naps. Yeah, so I, I um the, the the big things like I look at like my my hand tool school live sessions. I'm never done in an hour. I always schedule right. an hour, and I think the best I've ever done is like an hour and fifteen. Right. So yeah, I had two hours over. today, and I did two hours and fifteen. Nice. Wow. That's because I'm the last class of the day, and I forget about 
like what I didn't plan was when you're done with the demonstration, everybody then wants to come up and talk to you. Yes. Like I always forgot right. about that part. And yep. you know, we're all the same way. It's like, oh, I'll save my question to the end. And I don't know why we do that, but we all do it. Yeah. So yeah, there was a, I think maybe two hours and like a couple of minutes. And then like they locked us in the room because <laughs> oh. the, the, the day is over. Like the classes are over. So all these people are gathered around the bench and they're, <laughs> they're talking to me, asking questions. And the conference staff is like, you guys are fine. Take your time. We're just going to lock you in. Like they had to shut down the room. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so then it was like, as people would like leave, like they couldn't get back. In. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like when you're the last person in the store and they uh-huh. let you out, but they yeah. don't want to let anyone else in. Yeah, okay. We shut it down. Closed it down. The nice. House. Nice. Yeah, it was good. Huge crowd. Yeah. A lot of interaction, like uh, yeah. questions coming yeah, in. Good questions. I totally missed your session today. I feel bad. No, I don't. But no, don't. Uh, I did <laughs> see <laughs> I did see the beginning or at least part of Cremona's because uh, I had to come back to the after breakfast. I had to I come back and post something. I did purposely use the term hybrid woodworking like yeah. six or ten times. Did you say uh, like trademark or? I thought about it. <laughs> I did honestly think about it. <laughs> you should have done that. Hybrid, hybrid woodworking. Trademark. Woodworking. We're incorporated. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of hybrid woodworking. So my. My f- the, the funnest thing I did the entire time was standing next to the book booth and trying to sell my own book. <laughs> and anytime someone would touch the book, I would be like, this is really honestly the best book here. It's fantastic. You really should. You should check it out. And then, of course, my face is on the cover. So like if they didn't know who I was, they would very quickly realize that I'm some kind of an a-hole <laughs> trying to sell them my own book. But I will say by the end of the day. Uh, the the Spagnolo pile of books was lower than the Schwarz pile of books. Ooh. Honestly, it's probably because they just had more Schwarz stuff, so they keep piling it on every time they sell it. But it made me feel good for the moment. Like, let's just pretend that, that that's how it went down. So, yeah, it was good stuff. Um, so, Matt, yes. your session, was it was it awesome? Everything you, you expected it to be? No, because I expected it to be a lot uh, more difficult than yeah. it really was. Um, I actually ended up having too much content for the time which i was wow. very surprised about yeah you went over too i did yeah i actually had to i ended up like rushing towards the end because i'm like oh we have like five minutes i have like <laughs> i was like just starting to get into air drying drying kilns and stickers that enough said <laughs> that's, that's we're done go. Move, let's go. <laughs> done deal <laughs> anybody want stickers actually you did say that at one point yeah. Actual stickers, yeah. <laughs> sticker pass out time also learned that uh i didn't realize it that the tool fro and then my hairdo uh, that was a revelation for me that day. Uh, that was yeah. funny. Matt actually stopped in mid-session. He's like, I never thought about it. He's like, now I'm all going to do. Every time somebody has, talks about that tool, I'm going to think about like Afro. Yeah. <laughs> there, was a, there was a moment of introspection. Right. The whole, whole, the whole presentation just stopped. Well, someone, someone said, and I didn't see that part of the presentation, but someone on Twitter said, uh, Matt doesn't need a fro and you're using a chisel. Yeah. And, uh, and I responded something like, well, he needs a fromona to a get it done. Fromona. Yeah. 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 It's good stuff. <laughs> Well, that's cool. So, I, I it, how was it having your kid there? Because I saw a couple times he took a stage dive. It was fun. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> to get the attention there. I think that it was made awesome. it pretty easy for me because uh, he always brought me back to like reality. Like, oh, we're just here having fun. Yeah. So, I think that was the hardest part for me was like, I'm up there talking. I'm supposed to kind of like know what I'm talking about. It's somewhat of a serious <laughs> venue, but I don't know. I think I had more laughter in my session than than most people's normally do. Yeah. So yeah. I, was, I, I think that's so that. key, though. You know, I mean, I think that's what separates. It's going to get contentious. Oh, oh, here we go. (laughs) It's it's what separates like so many of the. I hate to use the word old guard. I don't mean that derogatory at all. But Mm -hmm. like the very first woodwork in America, the people that presented there, you would call like the previous generation. Mm -hmm. What we would call, I guess, the old guard of woodworking. Yeah. You know, it was very serious. I, with the exception of Roy. 
Right. There's nothing serious <laughs> about Roy. Yeah, that's true. Um, very true. But, you know, it was all very professional mm-hmm. and polished. And, and I, I saw a little bit of that. And again, this is not derogatory anyway whatsoever, but between this is weird being able to point at people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is odd for us between to be your class and my class <laughs> yeah, in person. This is a little odd for us, but <laughs> between, between Matt's class and my class, Mark Adams presented. And I would consider Mark to be old guard. I mean, the dude runs like the biggest woodworking school in the country. Sure. Yeah. No doubt. And about it. he knows his stuff inside and out. But, um, my wife comes in and sits down next to me. We're waiting for my session to start up. And after the show, she's like, that guy, the guy in between, he really knew what he was talking about. But man, he was dry. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you know, and the thing is, I, I haven't seen all, I wasn't at the early WIA, so I can't speak from experience. But I mean, Schwartz is pretty freaking funny. Yeah, that's true. He's yeah, got a good delivery. True. And there probably were some others. I mean, especially when you're talking about Mark Adams. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant woodworker, yeah. brilliant instructor, uh, knows more than, you know, than I'll ever be able to know about woodworking. But he's super dry super dry like you picked yeah. one who happens to be one of the most dry <laughs> deliveries yeah. uh you know in the industry you know so in particular but like, so organized like you could yeah. tell this guy runs a school oh he's yeah. a pro yeah. he's taught this through class, and through like, six times already <laughs> yeah you know whereas matt and i are winging it you know yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. first time i've delivered this presentation <laughs> and the last his time, uh so. his dvds were some of the first uh woodworking content that i digested in video form uh, a friend of mine had a bunch of mark adams dvds but he has this very like deer in the headlights delivery in video, but the information is super solid. It was mm-hmm. fantastic, but uh, yeah, the guy's awesome. I'd like to hang out with him. Uh, so yeah, anything else? WIA? I mean, did you guys go to any sessions or just pretty much do your sessions and then go around and uh, enjoy the, uh, the fame and glory? I went to Shannon's session for about an hour. That's mm-hmm. like all I could really get to. Yeah, today. I went to I went to Matt. Right, that was all you could stand, is what you meant to say. That's not what I meant to say. <laughs> no, no more. That's all I could take. Actually, I thought Shans was like really entertaining. Like I have, like not to like be derogatory towards you, but I really don't have any interest in handsaws. Oh, like, damn. Or like to that to the extent that you do, right? Which is which is good, but. Yeah, I knew about the you know, phlegm and the slope and the rake angle. I already knew all that stuff, but the way you delivered it was so entertaining. Phlegm, I had some phlegm yeah, in my yeah, throat yeah. just now. I got I plenty of phlegm for that you. down. I have phlegm on my saw. <laughs> phlegm in my throat. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> See? <coughs> Sorry, that was, that was some phlegm. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to get my panel saw and... Uh, stuff up so you want to know what it's like to be at wia with the the goons that we hang out with is the text that just comes in so mark what's up mother effer (laughs) (laughs) we doing dinner recording i gotta i gotta i just it's a number too i have no idea who it is (laughs) nice (laughs) i didn't put like contact info yeah it's kind of like a big party out here uh afterwards so if you have you ever have a chance these woodworking shows can be a blast it's a lot of fun you hear us having a lot of fun uh you should definitely look into it if you can get out there and uh enjoy one of these sessions even if you just make it to the marketplace man that's like that's where a lot of the fun is happening um i enjoyed a few sessions i went to alf sharp's uh finishing session really really cool dude had lunch with him surprisingly just because we cool didn't have any friends so we ate together <laughs> one of those things <laughs> hey man you don't you don't have any friends and i don't have any friends so want to be friends and uh yeah it's great i mean this is as good as it's ever been for me and meeting people has been fantastic like i, I just got to say thank you to all the people who listen to this show yeah. and who were here to shake our hands and thank us for doing what we do 
I mean, it really makes us feel good. Like we see numbers all the time and numbers become meaningless as far as how many subscribers we have. But when I shake actual hands of actual people and hear how like this little show that we do every week impacts their lives or makes their commute better uh, or keeps them company while they're in the shop, it's like super gratifying and it really like recharges my battery to to really go into this stuff and do the best we can and, and try to do a good show for you guys. So uh, my voice is also cracking. So enjoy that. 16-year-old <laughs> Mark is here to play. Nice. So let's uh, let's move on here. We got some kickback from a previous show, and uh, I guess I'll read this. We're, we're trying to read off of a laptop, so it's a little tricky to make sure everybody can read. Uh, David Alshman said, Shut up, Shannon. <laughs> I had to put this one in there. That's awesome. Yeah, walnut and maple look great together. And uh, he sent a picture of a, a beautiful breadboard, looked like a breadboard cutting board type thing that's made of walnut with really two nice little uh, small maple strips as accents. A very tastefully done, beautiful board. It looks fantastic. So thank you, David. And I agree with you. Someone also asked me today uh, on the marketplace floor, um, what's wrong with you? <laughs> And uh, I said, I have no answers for, for, I can't make excuses for Shannon. Wow. wow. I need so to go back good. and listen to that show and actually hear what I said. Yeah, what did I actually say? <laughs> what did say? I say about Walnut Must and have Maple? Been bad. Yeah. Um, next one here is from Kenji. He says, hey guys, still loving the show. As if like, <laughs> still loving like the he's show. surprised by that, right? Like I don't, I didn't think I would after all this time. Um, I thought I would give some tongue in cheek kickback for what to do with your wood dust waste. And this is a YouTube video that involves wood dust and explosions. Oh yes. And it's Around. kind of amazing. Good I really don't recommend doing it, but uh, in case you're wondering if wood dust was flammable, there you go. <laughs> right. Let us know how it works out for you. If you try it. Uh, all right, so real quick break here to talk about our good friends over at Brusso Hardware. Uh, did you know that they provide high-quality American-made woodworking hardware for furniture, cabinets, boxes, and more? Well, I do now. I kind of say it almost every show. <laughs> uh, Wood Talk <laughs> listeners can use coupon code WOODTALK for 10% off your first order at Brusso.com. Brusso has also started up their new Instagram account where they share customer-submitted photos, announcements, and other things. That's at Instagram.com slash Hardware. And uh, if you want to submit something, you can go to their website, to their contact page, and there will be a link right there where you can go to a special form to submit your photos. Now, you know, Brusso is one of those companies, I would almost expect them to be here. You know, yeah. this is sort of a higher caliber of tooling, higher caliber, like deeper into the craft sort of woodworking show. Are you calling them out right now? I'm kind of calling them out a little oh, bit. Okay, mm. carry you on. Know? But they are that quality hardware company that you would expect to be at a show. I just, I don't know well, if maybe hardware isn't the thing. But I think that's also one of the things because, you know, people will be like, man, that hardware is expensive. But the first time you pick up a Brusso hinge. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah. You know? And that's what I mean. That like having it here in yeah. your hands to pick them up and go like feel that the leaves of this hinge have some heft to them. Like you put them in your hand and you go, okay, this is actually like a, a quality piece of hardware. So that's what I mean. It's a complimentary thing gotcha. to say that I think they should be at this show. They really yeah. should. Cause like, especially with a lot of these, like they're higher end products and yeah. until you actually feel them in your hand, you're like, that's why there's this price tag associated with this. Yeah. Because it's awesome. And some of those like infill planes, those crazy expensive, like, I don't. I don't think any of us own one of them. Like nope. as crazy as we are with the tools we buy, um, those are some serious planes. And if you use them, you go, "Whoa, baby! This is this is on the next level." Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. I I used a, a Sauer and Steiner plane at not this show, but one of the woodworking in America shows, mm -hmm. and it was like it was a transformative experience. It's like, yeah. wow, I get it. <laughs> and and you could see. Actually, I have a photograph. This takes me back a couple of years. A photograph of Carrie Holtman's face reflected in the maple. Oh, nice! That oh, we just cool. planed, and it was like, oh, that's it was awesome! Just a picture of a maple board, 
with this her face reflection. <laughs> but you can see it. the reflection. Yeah, and you know, That's Maple insane. and Walnut may look may not look good together, but Carrie Holtman and Maple. <laughs> oh yeah, Carrie goes good with everything. That's <laughs> what we say. Uh, I miss her. I still follow her on Facebook, but uh, I miss her contributions to the show. Yeah. She's Miss uh, Leatherworker these yeah. days, it seems. Uh, so yeah, that's a long way around the uh, <laughs> around to say that uh, Bruso.com makes really great stuff, um, or Bruso does rather, and you can check them out at Bruso.com. Again, send in those pictures, get your uh, get your stuff shown off to people. It's pretty cool. All right, a couple of emails we've got here. First one comes in from Jack. He says, "I'm building some toys." By the way, Jack is a patron and uh, got his question from Patreon. I'm building some toys for my first grandchild, born this past February. Congratulations, by the way. And finish safety is on my mind. I get that most finishes are safe once fully cured, but I'm not sure how to tell when it's reached that state. I know that there are lots of variables in curing time, but is there a reasonable test to know when a finish is cured? I mostly use Danish oil and wipe on poly, but I'll try anything. Mark, feel free to snicker here. (laughs) There you go. How's that? Uh, Thanks, guys. All right, Jack. Here's the deal. Um, you know, when it comes to the kids stuff, I, I, sometimes I just want to side on, you know, the, the side of caution and there are some finishes like you've heard it. I've said it before. Uh, I know, um, pop woodworking finishing, uh, b- b- Bob Flexner. Flexner. Yeah. Flexner <laughs> has said many, many times you guys get to see what I do when I think my little <laughs> twinkle fingers over here, just reaching for the thought. I'm trying the to yeah, pull it out of somewhere. the air. <laughs> um, so Flexner has said on many occasions that look, any film forming finish is safe once cured. So, so I understand what Jack is asking about curing time, but I'm curious for your own children, you know, maybe you were making a dog toy, Shannon, uh, you know, for your own, for your kids, Matt, if you're, making something that is potentially going to go in the child's mouth. And seriously, even for your dog, you don't want to put, you know, chemicals in your dog's mouth. Yeah. Would you trust that advice? Does that feel like solid, like something that you would bank on for your kids? Yeah. Film- my, my son's where I like looking in their table. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. Right. So, I mean, in, in that sense, I feel comfortable with it. I'd probably let it cure for, I don't know, at least a few weeks. I think the cure time, I was reading, I forget what I was reading. This was like on General Finish's website or on Instagram or something that they actually posted like their actual like specified mm-hmm. total cure time for uh, Armor Seal. And that was 30 days. Okay. So. It sounds about know, right. You know, I think it, most finishes within a month, you're probably pretty good. Yeah. If they're open and they have room to off gas and all yeah. stuff gets out of there, I think within a, within a month it should be plenty. And I think a good test, very, you know, sort of, Basic test is smell lick your table yeah. and see if you get sick. Lick it. Lick What's it, it taste like? Get a good lick on if it tastes yeah. like chemicals and you pass out, it's probably a bad sign. <laughs> I'm a little lightheaded now. It's, yeah, it tastes like mineral spirits. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think if you give it a whiff, if you smell it, a lot of times, mm-hmm. especially oil-based finishes, if you can still smell a strong odor, you know that it's not really ready. Yeah. It's not completely cured. It's and if you don't have table. good, yes, how's that table smell? Oh man, that's uh, it doesn't smell like anything. Actually. It smells like dirty hotel stank. Is what it, it smells, smells like. like. Plastic. It doesn't even smell like cleaner. So. Yeah, generally speaking, a full <laughs> that's very clear. Um, yeah, so if you uh, if you smell it and you got this odor, you know this noxious odor, um, that that's probably a bad sign. Um, so your your uh, finishes like your lacquers and shellacs, they tend to kind of lose their odor within days. Mm-hmm. You know, so they cure much faster. But your oils, especially anything like a Danish oil that has sort of a raw oil component to it, that's going to take a lot longer to cure. And thirty days. You know, especially if you're giving it to a kid, that would probably be my minimum uh, to wait for something like that. But make sure it's in a well-ventilated area while it's curing, preferably a warm one. uh, And that kind of stacks the cards in your favor a little bit. Well, what I wonder is the child-safe, food-safe finishes Mm -hmm. that 
quote, safe finishes, what is it about them that makes them safe? What it, What is missing? Is it, it depends the, on which one you're talking the about. The solution itself? Like, it's not, well, because mineral spirits is, you can drink the stuff. What? I mean, <laughs> sorry, mineral oil. Sorry. Whoa, baby. Mineral oil. <laughs> mineral oil. And this is finishing <laughs> advice from Shannon. Well, I did, I did like, take a swig from a turpentine can like, when I was eight. So your next session is going to be about uh, food safe finishes, I'm assuming. Right, right. Sorry, mineral oil. <laughs> mineral oil. You can Matt and I are just like, <laughs> something's not right I about that. I don't think that. I ever had more of a deer in the headlights moment than this one right Yeah. Now. Apparently, like, I've been drinking like, it tonight <laughs> already. <laughs> what have I been missing? I'm like, oh, God. Apparently, you go out in the shop and you party a lot, huh? Yeah. The, the two looks that I just got <laughs> see live man that's that's this makes it so much better oh mineral oil hey guys want to do some shots oil. of mineral spirits maybe a little naphtha when we're done oh well uh, anyway so I, I mean i'm just assuming that it's it's whatever the solution is in you know the, yeah. the finish is born on mineral oil or yes. lacquer thin, la, lacquer thinner if it's lacquer yeah um so that's what makes it bad right so water-based yeah. finishes there are water-based finishes that aren't kids safe or aren't listed as food safe Mm -hmm. so what is it in those finishes that makes them well the thing is that they're waterborne but they are also filled with chemicals you know there is a voc content to it i in the chemistry of water-based finishes is pretty complex i don't really even understand it all myself uh but there is more going on than just simply water um so even when you're spraying that stuff you still want decent ventilation and you could read them i mean there's some really low voc ones but those vocs are volatile organic compounds Mm -hmm. uh not water basically. So, so all these finishes do have some element of that. And that's, that is the point though. It's that other stuff and usually what's left over and why we say a film finish is safe when cured is because once that other stuff goes away, you're really just left with the resin or whatever that sort of hard Mm -hmm. plasticky sort of component is that's in there. Now, if you're doing just an oil finish, that isn't really part of the mixture. Now you're actually looking at just an oil. If it's boiled linseed oil, you've got chemical dryers in there and other things that are like bad impurities that you don't really want to deal with. But if you finish a project with like a pure tongue oil or a walnut oil or something else that's just pure oil, it's actually safe right then and there. It's not cured yet, mm-hmm. but it's safe. So it's a matter of do you want to give an uncured oil? Nut allergy. That's true. And I don't even know that that's, you know, I think that's kind of an overblown concern. I'm not sure that even the oils are necessarily going to trigger an allergic reaction for someone who's allergic to the nut. Yeah, um, but I wouldn't, an EpiPen with I would like play it safe. Yeah. Every cutting board is shipped with an EpiPen. <laughs> one free EpiPen. <laughs> Just our courtesy. You only get the first one free though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, as far as, you know, curing time, again, those, those evaporative and chemical um, uh, finishes, your, your, uh, your lacquers, your water-based finishes, um, uh, what else? Shellac. You know, those are going to be a little bit faster. Your oils certainly much longer and oil based also, you know, I, I would be comfortable at about the 30 day mark, assuming you got good ventilation in there, but consider, you know, a lot of people are still uncomfortable with that just to be safe. You may just want to look into a pure oil finish and call it done. Mm-hmm. Or shellac. Yeah. Or shellac. That's exactly. They, good point. They coat pills in shellac. So, yep. you know, mm-hmm. yummy. Exactly. Um, I think, Matt, you got the next one. Oh, yes. Here's the laptop. We're passing the laptop around. Spin it around. There we go. This one is from Nate. It says, do you have any suggestions for evaluating hiring a portable sawmill to come on site and mill lumber from my own logs? Reputation and customer references can help, but what questions should I ask the sawyer before hiring him? 
Do you drink mineral spirits, yeah. sir? How, what's your daily quota of mineral spirits? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the traditional Sawyer in the 18th century was known to be drunk all the time. Yeah, like, probably to stand by that big circular mill. Yeah, Sawyers were drunk. like, they were really of ill repute. You know, they were the, <laughs> the guys that you wouldn't want your daughter to There date, you go. You know? <laughs> good to know. Uh, so to answer the actual question, I guess, we can probably get to that that's now. A, that's a good idea. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so... Some questions you can probably ask. I don't know if there's like specific questions like that you could really ask, like evaluate like how good of a person this is, other than if you can actually get to those customer references or do Sawyers have like Yelp pages or something similar to that? I have no idea. But probably Probably not. not. I think the people <laughs> Once you who... get your band mill up and running, we're gonna create a Yelp page for Yeah, and do people who buy wood from Sawyers, are they going to Yelp and be like, Ooh, this guy, he only gave me ten board feet. He charged me for 20. I'm going to give him a bad Yelp review. <laughs> you know, like, I don't think that's happening. Rounding error. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, like, other questions you can kind of ask to get a feel for if the person that you're, you're hiring is going to be a good fit for you is, like, um, what is your, like, preferred uh, song style? Do you go for a higher yield? What is your rate based off of? Is, is it a board foot rate or is it an hourly rate? Is there a charge for setup or transportation? Or what's your uh, your blade policy? Like, if you hit metal, are you responsible for paying for that blade? Mm. Or do they just cover that? Do they charge you per how many blades they go through? I mean, there's a lot of different ways that Sawyer's set up their fee schedules. So I think understanding what their fee schedule is and what their inclination as a Sawyer is, you know, are they trying to just dump out a bunch of material as fast as possible? Or are they actually trying to spend the time to saw the logs to a specification that you prefer? Like, for me... I like crotch figures, so when I have a Sawyer come in and cut stuff up for me, I, he knows that anything that has a crotch in it is going to get cut with the crotch instead of cutting it the other way, which removes the crotch and a lot of that, uh, that feathering, which will give you a lot more straighter grain material, which is what the, you know, the general market prefers. But mm. I don't really prefer that. So mm. I don't know. See how, see how flexible they are with what you're looking for and kind of feel them, feel them out. And you realize there's no way I can not name this show Matt Loves Crotch. Yeah, I was already putting that mental note in my head. I've, yeah, I've written it down, well, so we're guys, good. You guys saw that I, I came here with a suitcase full of crotch wood. Yeah. And yeah. Like right next to my undies, right? Yeah. 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 You put it in the undies to protect the crotch, right? Actually, I put my, uh, my mallet from Dima, my brass mallet was in my undies. Hmm. Nice, nice. You know, they also drive around with a 1x12 board in the back uh, of their car. <laughs> I got to sit in the back with uh, little JR and was a, there was a one by 12 uh, separating us. Maybe that was just to se- protect the kid from me. Uh, I'm wondering, but uh, that was nice. That was, which we travel with pine apparently. Yes. So yeah, good stuff. All right. Well, that's cool. Shannon. Uh, oh, someone from cave Creek, huh? Nice. Yeah. Fancy. That's up by me. Yeah. Ish like that. This question comes from Tony. He says, it's, it's pretty obvious both visually and functionally when to sharpen chisels, but for saw blades, what cues do you use as to when it's time? Do you send out your circular blades? Do you sharpen your own handsaws? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean on you guys a little bit here because we're talking both handsaws and um, power saws, yes. circular saws. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I can, I can tap into the, the way dark future or future, tap into the past. The deep dark past. <laughs> the days of yore when I used a circular saw blade. Um, from a power tool perspective, a lot of times for me, certainly if there's burning showing up, that's probably an indication that mm-hmm. you need to that blade needs to be sharpened. Feed rate was always a thing for me. Mm-hmm. If I'm really like having to push it, or if I hear the the motor bogging down, that was something that told me I better do something about this. Yeah. Um, honestly, like 
for the longest time, I didn't send them anywhere. When I bought my first forest woodworking blade, I sent that back. And that's probably because they give you the box. Yeah, a really <laughs> like nice convenient box to ship shipping to container. Hint, hint. Otherwise, it was just like, <laughs> yeah. how am I going to pack this up? I'll just go buy a new one. You know? Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Woodworker 2 blade from Forest, it came with a pretty little box, and I did put that in and send it back because I just, you know, sharpening carbide, I didn't want to deal with that. And then all the, you know, alternating tooth bevel and everything. That's a lot to get right. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. For performance. So I definitely would send those back. From a handsaw perspective, it's kind of the same. Um, you know, it's harder work when it gets duller. Um, it sounds differently. So just like the motor is bogging down, uh, a handsaw will have a bit of a deeper pitch. But more importantly, it sounds, I call it a growl. Mm-hmm. Instead of it being a smooth purr, it rattles a lot more. So it's, uh, imagine um, like taking a, a, a bit of wire and pulling it tight and, you know, Bing, mm-hmm. you get that like a guitar string. Sure. When the guitar string is loose, it rattles right. when you tweak it. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing that the saw sounds like because it's it's you know vibrating a lot in the kerf and it really rattles and vibrates around a whole lot. Okay. Um, so the the force thing is a little tough because if you're sawing a lot, you just may not, you know, you, you forget how easy it was to push before. And it's the same thing, I think, with a table saw. Um, there's no burning on a handsaw, but it right. really the sound the way is really I do it, obvious. there is. <laughs> you <Yeah. should> <laughs> I'm pretty fast. Not so fast. <laughs> but, well, I mean, I had people just today actually I was doing a handsaw deal, and I had a couple of people come up after the class, and they were commenting on how quiet my saws were. It's like, man, my the, you handsaw really quietly. And like, mm-hmm. well, how do you do that? It's, like, it's not a technique thing. It's a sharp saw. Yeah. <laughs> and and I've I've done like Skype chats and things with people to coach them through sawing and like i'll hear them saw and it's like whoa oh fingernails on the chalkboard you got to sharpen that thing yeah you can hear it um so it it is really a a, it's that rattle i I can't think of how else to describe it when you hear it you know it it's definitely not a a pretty sound when it's even for the power tool side of things it's certainly something i think that comes with experience especially Mm -hmm. experience with a specific blade you know you always use the same blade and if you've had it sharpened, you've gone through that cycle, you can start to recognize yeah. with different, and again, the whole experience thing. If you use this species of wood a lot, you'll know when it's harder to cut. You know, if you're using all different species, it just may be the species that's harder to cut. Uh, but generally speaking, if I put a, you know, eight quarter piece of uh, walnut through my saw, I can tell you pretty much if it's if the saw is ready to be sharpened. Um, so over time, you start to just get a feel for it. But the problem, I think, for for like new woodworkers, I don't know what um, Tony's situation is, but with new woodworkers, you don't have that experience. So you kind of, even if the blade was sharp, you slowly but surely will gradually go into a dull blade. Mm-hmm. You know, six months go by and you're like, you almost lose track for how easy it was when it was brand new. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. As soon as you start to see that burning, there's a clear indicator of something's wrong. You get that pitch mm-hmm. build up. And of course, the first thing you want to do is clean the blade yeah. and then reuse yeah. it and see and that, if that's, that does amazing it. things mm-hmm. right there. I a mean, lot that, of times you can avoid sharpening by just cleaning more often. <laughs> and it may just be a simple matter of maybe like keep a schedule. Like we do that for the air filter and the mm. HVAC mm-hmm. of our house. Right. You know, and maybe a, well, my thermostat tells me now. Yeah, blinks at me and says replace it. Oh, nice! But it might just be worthwhile, like putting a you know a sheet on the on the wall in the shop saying the last time this blade was sharpened, and makes you send it out based upon your usage. But sure. probably wouldn't hurt to send it out once every six months. You know, mm. that may be too little, depending on how much you use the saw. But for the average hobbyist, or 
I think for the average hobbyist, you could probably go once a year. Yeah, maybe like if you got a nice forest, months, clean it, and then every yeah. other cleaning, send it back. Right there, you, you know? go. That I can get behind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as far as hand saws, I do sharpen my own hand saws. Um, there's really not a lot to it. It's one of those things where the first time you do it, you'll find that why did I put this off? There is something to be said about if you've got a vintage hand saw. There's something to be said about sending that to somebody the first time, getting it done right because. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between sharpening a handsaw and shaping a handsaw. Mm-hmm. And if it's really funky and old and you've got to reshape the teeth and you're parting different tooth geometry, that's a whole other rabbit hole to fall down. But like I way back when Badax Sawworks was called Techno Primitives, before mm. he started making new saws, he would restore saws. And I sent a couple saws to Mark, and I basically have just copied his tooth geometry for the last six years. Mm-hmm. And it's real easy. You can just take the triangular saw file and just put it in the gullet and kind of push down on it. And the the file will actually move to the right or the left to adjust to the flame angle or up or down, and it settles, it nests into that that gullet perfectly. So just a little bit of downward pressure, and automatically all your geometry is set, and then nice. just push forward, and you're done. Super simple. Yeah, so maintenance sharpening is really easy, and I actually recommend if you're going to start saw sharpening, you know, start on a saw that you know is set up right and just mm-hmm. copy it. Because there's a lot of people who think just the opposite. Oh, I don't want to mess up my fancy Lee Nielsen dovetail saw or my yeah. Badax dovetail saw. And it's like, actually, that's so much easier because the geometry is already there. I feel like so. the same logic applies to even just planes and chisels, you know, because yeah. oh, I've yeah. gone a long time using really crappy stuff that just wasn't tuned up well. And I thought it was me, you know, until I picked up something that actually was tuned up well. A friend mm-hmm. uh, got a Lee Nielsen um, uh, Lee Valley plane and had it nice and tuned up and he's showing look oh look how good this is i'm like this is like black magic to me i don't understand how do you do this yeah i mean mine doesn't do that and it's like oh because you probably never sharpened your blade and you never tuned up the yeah. uh, the, the plane so i think the same thing sort of applies yeah cool well thanks for that tony appreciate the email and uh hey just a heads up a little bit of a teaser we are going to uh stop this recording and move on to our email extra where we're going to talk about some of the things that we would like to build in our shops if we had imaginary situation if we had an entire month with zero distractions what would we build that's a pretty cool question uh so if you want to help us out and uh, become one of the folks who get to hear that awesome extra content you can head over to Patreon at patreon.com slash woodtalk. Sign up for uh, one of the supporting levels there. Some cool rewards. You can also go to twwstore.com and pick up a Wood Talk t-shirt and also leave us a review in iTunes. Just uh, look us up in the iTunes store. Click on ratings and reviews and give us a sweet, sweet five-star rating. And uh, Shannon, how about you give them the contact info and we will get out of here. Before I do that, yes, I have to say, mm. recording Wood Talk and I'm wearing a Matt's Basement Workshop t-shirt. Oh, So Matt, you're here, buddy. You're I'm here. shedding a tear yeah. for my homie. I had to Matt. represent for former. Nice. I'm representing for Wolverine today. Yeah. He's going to be on the show next week. You're welcome, Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Should be fun. Yeah. We're going to ask him sharpening questions. <laughs> there you go. How do you sharpen adamantium? All right. So if you have comments, questions, or topic suggestions, you have many, many ways to contact us. You can leave a voicemail on Skype. Our username is woodtalkonline. Call our voicemail at 623-242-5180. Or you can use our contact form at woodtalkshow slash contact. We comment on the website. Find us on Facebook. Blah, 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 blah. All that find stuff. Us in blah, blah, blah. Yeah, find, find us at Woodworking in America. Find us here at the show. Ask questions. We might not answer them. We might run away. But we'll be in we'll be in Northern Kentucky tonight. If you have in person questions, yeah. All well, that very stuff. good. Good stuff. Well, hey, great Woodworking in America show. I have, I'm having a lot of fun. It's only day one. I'm probably not going to be uh, able to talk by day three. <laughs> so it's good to get this uh, done and over with. 
worried about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's rough. It's rough. You gotta you gotta ease up on the social stuff if, if you're doing the presentations because uh, that'll that'll kill your voice. I noticed quickly. that. Yeah, it's rough. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we hope you have a great woodworking week. We will catch you next time. Bye. Bye bye.